Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's talk. Recorded live. <clears throat> And the old covenant says, thou shalt not steal. He is establishing God's view of private property. We have overlooked that in this society today, that somehow everybody's property belongs to everybody. That's not biblically the way it ought to be. And God said, thou shalt not steal in, in the to protect your sense of private property and that you are to have 100% control of your property. How many of you own any property? Don't, don't be afraid. How many of you feel like you have 100% control of your property? No taxes, no intrusion, no manipulation from outside sources, no homeowners association. It's going to be rare, isn't it? Gail says she lives that way. That cave I live in, you know, it's kind of like that. But, you know, people see those Ten Commandments and they don't realize what God is doing with those Ten Commandments. And to the nation of Israel, he was teaching them that there was value to private property and that if you had property, you were to have 100% control of that property. No, that's right. Now, the one that we're dealing with now is thou shalt not covet. That's two weeks ago, I think most of you raised your hand that you were coveters. Weren't you? Didn't you all raise your hand in agreement that you all coveted something? I don't think so. But anyway, the lesson that he wants us to learn there is that in in the world in which we live, There is no equality, and there ought not be equality. He is saying that thou shalt not covet for the purpose of preserving the non-equality, the differences between people and the differences in what it is people have. Am I clear on that? Sometimes I, I don't hear myself talking. So I don't know whether it always makes sense. But you see, God wants his people to understand that don't go out and seek equilibrium on all things amongst all people because that's not in the scope of my intention. Do not covet me that you, you keep yourself from desiring what somebody else has that's different than what you have and that you think you might like it and that you would be happier if you had what they had. 
don't do it. Thou shalt not covet. You shall not break that non-equality factor of, of mankind. Now, we all have something different than somebody else has, and we all have more than somebody else has, and we have less than somebody else has. That's in the scope of God's plan. There's nothing wrong with that. And so coveting, the prohibition of coveting is to protect that difference. We have a society that's trying to take that away from us, that we should all be equal. They want us equal in education, equal in ability, equal in bank accounts, equal in property. Folks, it'll never happen because that's not how God designed the human race, which is the only race. We are living in a non-equilibrium world. By the way, if you know your science, You know, the, the differences in, in half-life and of decay, production of decay processes, for instance, in organic matter, uh, carbon-14. You ever hear of that term, carbon-14? Carbon-14 is used in dating supposedly organic-type matter, flesh, trees, things like that. And there is no ability to do a dating process with carbon-14 if the production rate and the decay rate have reached equilibrium. That is, they're the same. And so we can go to the laboratory and we can detect that on one hand, the production, and of course the, the principle of half-life is that the more there is of it, the faster it decays. So at some point, it has to reach equilibrium. Well, we're only one-third of the way there. So we, the dating processes, no, no, no accuracy, no, none whatsoever. In fact, how many of you have a strong imagination? This is free. This is free. How, you have a real strong imagination. This is a candle. Well, it is the light of the world, but that isn't how I mean it. This is a six-inch candle, I guess an eight-inch candle. Now, listen carefully. This is a candle. One, it is now burning at the rate of one inch per hour. It is now, we're going to call it six inches. I know it's more than that. It's six inches tall. It's burning at the rate of one inch per hour. You with me? You got that few, that couple of numbers down? My question to you is, that has to be asked of everyone in the science realm, how long has this candle been burning? What do we know? We know that it is six inches high. We know that it's burning at the rate, the rate of one inch per hour. So the question is, how long has the candle been burning? Who wants to venture a guess? 
How would you know? What are the unknowns? You only know what there is left and what the rate is now, but you don't know that the rate has been constant, and you don't know how tall the candle was to begin with. So whenever you read in the newspaper about something being a million, two million, or five billion years old, they haven't got a clue what they're talking about because you can only measure radioactive material on the basis of what the rate of decay is now and how much there is left of it now. You have to know what there was to begin with and you have to know whether or not the rate of decay was constant in order to make a guess. And there's no way of doing that. That was great. How do we get off on that? Somebody got me stirred up. I've <clears throat> been do, doing that all day today. So we're talking now, thou shalt not steal, is God's means of protecting what? Private property. And that is private property when you have 100% of that property. That's how God envisioned it and how he wants his people to think. So we need to bring ourselves into alignment with how God thinks. Secondly, today we're talking about thou shalt not covet, and this is thou shalt prohibit yourself from thinking in terms of being equal in possessions, equal to anybody else in the world. Anybody. Non-equality of life. Folks, there is none, not one of us here, there's not one of you here who has and drove a 20-year-old truck to church this morning that has no power steering. Now, you can covet that if you want to, but I wouldn't advise it. Getting it fixed tomorrow. You know how you drive a car with no power steering? Real fast. Got to keep them RPM revved up. <laughs> Otherwise, man, it takes everything I got to turn a corner, particularly if you're out of stop sign. So you put it in neutral and you rev it up, turn the wheel, and then put it back into gear and take off. Hopefully somewhere you're the right idea in the right direction. Okay. Now, we've, we've looked at one expression of what this means, this word covenant, covet, covet, not covenant. Covet, covet means uh, two weeks ago from Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, and that Hebrew word was shemad, and it, it means to find your joy wrapped up in what it is that somebody else has or some attribute that they possess. That's the initial commandment. Let's read it just quickly and then move on. Exodus chapter 20, just so that you know where we were, I wasn't here last week at the Punies. Kenya still is down. She was bouncing off the walls coming down the hallway today. No sense of balance. No sense of balance. <clears throat> All right, Exodus chapter twenty and verse. You don't. Find and, and the, the, this particular word here is you, you don't place your joy 
in somebody else's property. Outside of yourself. And you remember that teaches how to avoid coveting. And we're not done with that yet, but how to avoid it by being and learning to be content in life as to whatever your station in life is. Learning to be content. That doesn't mean you can't have more. It doesn't mean you don't want more, but it means that you don't fasten your attention on what it is somebody else has because that leads to the problems that we You shall not covet your neighbor's house. <clears throat> you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Or his male servant. Or his female servant. Or his ox. Now these are tools that you use, see in our language today, or his donkey. And what's that last phrase? You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to the overhead here. Don't have it today. Greg and Lana are sick too. Or what's the next word? Anything. What does that leave out? Anything that belongs to your neighbor. Don't don't place your joy in what it is that somebody else has to the point where it begins to maneuver you gaining possession of it. All right. Now, with that in background, let's go to Deuteronomy and chapter 5 and begin today's lesson as uh, we have a little bit of time. Not but this is where that commandment in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17 is repeated. It's the repeated commandment. Now, it's interesting that he has gone from shemad in Hebrew to a new word I'm going to introduce here, won't dwell on it, and it's the word eva. And it's the same context, but the Bible changes words. Look at what he says in, in chapter 5. You shall not avaw. That word is translated covet. It's the same as the other word, except it, it is a little more encompassing. It means that you've developed a wish to have something as your own. It's a platform of emotion to or emerging from an internal agitation. You're irritated. People have thought that about me the last two sessions I've had back in the broadcast. He must be irritated today. <laughs> I, you know, I sound, sound that way sometimes. Uh, and I am irritated, that is. Verse 21, you shall not ava, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. See, it's the same thing as was in the first 
rendering in Exodus chapter 20, but now he's changed the Hebrew word. It has become more encompassing in the second teaching of the law. You shall not desire your neighbor's covet, your house, his field, his maidservant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything, just like the first verse in Exodus 20, verse 17 says, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So here we have a word that is a little broader. And it has, it's the result of developing a platform of emotion towards something. And it's leading you to or emerging from an internal agitation. Let me give you an illustration of how this works. In the children of Israel, in spite of the awesome evidence of the Red Sea crossing, or the drawing of, with Moses of the water from the rock, or the manna from heaven, with all of that happening in their history, and the people of that generation conscious of that, Israel was not content with the Lord's provision. And they had created now a platform of emotion, a driving force. And it was emerged in them from a rock and a, a, uh, an internal agitation that they had toward God leading them into the wilderness. And it was not a pretty picture. Let's look at it. Let's go back and look at Numbers 11. See, what we just read about in Deuteronomy is the result of what was going on in the book of Numbers. And Moses was incorporating their application of it into the new word that he uses in Deuteronomy. Now, in Hebrew uh, Numbers chapter 11... And let's begin with verse 7. I'm not going to keep you over time. I can see right now we're not going to get done today. That's okay. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 11 and verse 7. Now the manna was like coriander seed and its appearance like that of bdellium. And the people would go about and gather it and grind it between two millstones or beat it in the mortar and boil it in the pot and make cakes with it and its taste was as the taste of cakes Baked with oil. Does that sound pretty good, y'all? How hungry are you? Now, when the dew, in verse 9, fell on the camp at night, when the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall with it. 
Now Moses heard, this is verse 10, Now Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, each man at the doorway of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly was kindled greatly, and Moses was displeased. So what's going on? What did Moses hear? Do you remember what you just read? They heard the who weeping, the people weeping, each man at the doorway of his tent made God mad. His his anger was kindled greatly. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be around God when he's mad. And Moses was displeased. I don't even want to be around Moses when he's unhappy. You've seen somebody mad. I don't want to be around these people when they're mad. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you been so hard on your servant? Talking about himself. And why have I not found favor in your sight? That you have laid the burden of all this people on me. And maybe that's a sense of pity. Was it I who conceived all this people? Was it I who brought them forth? that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which you swear to their fathers. <coughs> now, verse 13. Where am I to get meat to give to all of these people? Now, the word Eva comes all the way back from the verse 4, but I haven't, gone back, haven't read that yet, but we'll get there. Not today. Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For for me, saying, give us meat. I don't know about you, but I've worked myself too far up the food chain to side with me. You're all too slow today. Verse 14, I alone am not able to carry all this. Verse 15, so if you kill me at once, if I have to deal with these people whom you've given manna to, but who want something different and they want beefsteak or meat of some kind, something they sink their teeth into, just go ahead and kill me. Well, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Moses. Oh yeah. If I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my wretchedness, just kill me. Kill me at once. Get it over with. <clears throat> wow. Now you you talk about a case of despair. That's where Moses was. Complete despair. And it all came out of these people wanting or coveting what it was that they didn't need, but they wanted, they had placed their joy in what they didn't have. The illusion of joy in what they did not have. It had become an uncontrolled passion and obsession to them. So let's go back and read verses 4 to 6. 
<coughs> and then we're going to have to close. The rabble who were among them had Ava desires. That's our word covet. They've translated it here, greedy. And also the sons of Israel wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember something that we used to have that we no longer have. We want what it is that we used to have. And that became their coveting objective. We remember the fish which we used to eat free in Egypt the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. You like all that stuff? You know, right now, anything tastes good to me. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all to look at except this manna. Yuck. And that's how we're thinking about it. You see, they were not content, had not learned that Christian principle of being content with where they were and with what they had and to live in the present with what it is they had. The idea of contentment had escaped them. Our appetite is gone. Nothing at all to look at except this manna. And so they fell a lusting for the old delicacies of Egypt. If only we could have what we used to have. And they coveted what it was they used to have, no longer had, and they no longer had it because God had freed them from the bondage of Egypt. And they resented their freedom. Terrible, terrible way to go. So we have two more sections in this chapter of chapter 11, but I'm not going to go there because I don't want to feel rushed. And I know that you're all getting hungry talking about manna. You want to go home and have some because it was dewy last night and you know that the manna comes with the dew. So we're going to stop. Let's remember where we have been so far, that when he repeats the commandment of Exodus in Deuteronomy, he changes the words and now it means that they have developed a platform of emotion that leads to or they emerge from, emerges from this internal agitation and they become so irritated at God and expressed against Moses that they're weeping at their tent, they're crying, fussing, and Moses finally says, I give up, I don't know what to do, Lord, just take my life. It isn't worth me putting up with these people any longer. And the key was that they had developed this compassion, Ava, for what they didn't have any longer. And they were not weighing it against what it was they did have. Now they had freedom. Now they were delivered from bondage. But they would rather go back to bondage and have the things that bondage provided for them than to be free and be without those things. Isn't that somehow how we think today? Things haven't changed a whole lot. 
I could talk to you about the French Revolution of 1793 and all that kind of stuff where people thought that if we only had an organized social system, everything, everything would be equal. All the, everybody would have the same. We'd all have the same education, the same hospitalization. We'd all have the same everything. And, you know, it blew up. Can't survive. Because that isn't how God intended society to live. We're not intended to be equal. We're intended to learn how to deal with our inequalities. That's the measure of manhood. That's the measure of Christianity. How do you deal with the things that make you different from everybody else? That's where the honor is. Close. I think we have a closing song. I think we do. You've been patient. I think we have one more week on this, and then we'll uh, move on from there. Uh, Beneath the cross of Jesus, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.